Welcome to Soundings Podcast. I'm Dudley Evanson, and for more than four decades, my husband Dean Evanson and I have created music and media that supports people and the planet. In our Soundings Podcast, we'll be sharing interviews with wisdom keepers we have met in the course of our life journey. To learn more about our activities and releases, please visit our website and blog at soundings.com. In this podcast, you will hear part of the soundtrack from our video called Two UN Earth Summits, 1972 and 1992. This section is In Our Hands Beyond the Earth Summit from the second United Nations Earth Summit held in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil in 1992. In our documentary, we focused on indigenous people, women, and youth. Here you will hear from luminaries including Bianca Jagger, Lummi tribal member Jewel James, then-Senator Al Gore, Edward James Olmos, Seneca Chief Orrin Lyons, Dr. Helen Caldicott, and Wangari Mathau, to name a few. What they say is more relevant today than ever. For more information, visit our website, soundings.com. Thank you for listening. In June 1992, the world met in Rio to discuss the fate of planet Earth. In this largest summit and very first Earth summit ever held, representatives from 166 countries, 130 heads of state, and 15,000 non-governmental organizations came together with the hopes of deciding specific agreements that would balance environmental preservation with economic needs. Everyone wonders what happened at Rio. Why did we hear so little about it? With 9,000 journalists, the largest gathering of international press the world has ever seen in one place, it is a wonder why more information was not disseminated. One reason was obvious. The majority of press stayed inside the fortress-like walls of UNSAID, the UN Conference on Environment and Development, and roamed around looking for tidbits of news. When a story seemed to be brewing, the hungry crowd of journalists grew frantic like a pack of piranhas in a feeding frenzy, looking for sound bites and media clips. Yet the real news was taking place 30 miles away in an alternative conference called the Global Forum. Here were gathered the NGOs, or non-governmental organizations, who spoke with a strong voice about the real problems facing the planet. It was in this direction we chose to focus our cameras and glean the wisdom and truths of those who were, for the most part, locked out of the main conference. We now present the powerful insights we heard coming from the indigenous people, the women, and the youth. It is their perspectives on the root causes of our global malaise and their logical solutions for planetary healing that the world now needs to hear. The most in important thing that is going on in Rio is the fact that we are exerting our rights and that to be heard is an exercise on global democracy, but as well is a prise de conscience uh, that individuals can make a difference, that it is not only up to governments to make to be the decision-making factor that will change the course of history. But it is individuals who can make those governments make those changes. It's the nations that cause the most damage that are doing the meetings on it. 
to the exclusion of the nations that still have tradition ceremonies and Mother Earth spirituality to guide them. The uh, ability of the world to solve these problems depends in large measure upon uh, drawing more people into the, the process and hearing what they have to say from their perspectives, which have too often been uh, neglected in the past. It's a lot of the problems that we're facing today that if we actually sensitized ourselves to, we'd be able to solve them. time when you can just dominate women and earth, when it went hand in hand, is past. Everybody take hold of what was happening right now and move forward with it. The huge rift between us who are very rich, that's why we're in this tent, and those children who have no homes and not enough to eat and no one to love them. And that's the majority of the children actually in the world. Yeah, they may have parents. They don't have enough food. And it's because we maintain our standard of living. The only thing we have that is even close to getting us all united, and it comes by way again of the female. I'll put it to you like this. You can get these women, put them in a room, and because of the love of child, they throw away ego, pride, economics, differences, any differences they have, they throw them away. And the child becomes the unifying factor. I believe in the environment. I think it should be taken care of. We have. They are not only the first and the third worlds. We have the fourth world. The fourth worlds are the indigenous people and women and children, you know, are part sometimes of that fourth world. We are the minorities. You know, the, we are the minorities who have no voice. And uh, even here, the, the ironic and the paradoxing is that a child yesterday protested and they cut off his voice, you know, at the onset uh, meeting in Rio Center. And then people who did that don't really understand that whatever effort we are making here, we are making it for the future generation. We are making it for the children. And if children don't have a voice, if children cannot express their concern, what are we doing? The, the, the problem is that uh, for the very first time you got uh, a group of people who are very, very critical of the Earth Summit. For the first time you got a group of people are saying that the Earth Summit has failed, that it is a complete farce and that it will go down in history as a total scam. And, and that you know, uh, it has failed because it is not addressing some of the major issues that we think are very important if we are to save the world. That is, it should include uh, issues like militarism, which has been totally ignored. It should include issues like toxic waste dumping. It should include issues like third world debt, issues like you know, unequal trade, issues like overconsumption. All of those issues were not addressed. And we say this is bullshit. I mean, this conference is not going to save the world. And that they're sp spending so much money and time and effort to come here to Rio, and yet, to, to them, it is business as usual. And that's why we are saying that. And for, you know, uh, for saying that, we got pulled out. We got, you know, we got detained. We got, uh, you know, uh, we, a lot of us who were given interviews to the media were all being pulled out. Uh, we are not allowed to really talk to the media in Rio Central. And that's why we got so angry that we had to sit down and not, you know, and let them drag us away. 
official youth representative in fiery speech to the plenary session criticizes unsaid process. Message censored, freedom of speech denied, feedback censored, breakdown of planetary nervous system, officially elected international youth angry, upset, irritated, hold press conference. Unsaid is a farce. UN security officers push in, forcefully take away the youth all under 25 years of age, casualties, detention, stripped of official credentials, media sensation. Well, for me, it was, well, it was violent, but not in the sense that what's just been happening in my country, because in the Philippines, it's really violent there. Any form of dissent will just be crushed, as in our rallies and demonstrations have been, uh, we've been dispersed with tear gas and everything. But here, so it was a picnic to me, you know, being, being just dragged there. It was the first time that I got close to a police officer and not hit. But I felt so miserable afterwards because, you know, this is unsaid. This is supposed to be the UN thing. It's the last resort, you know. It's exactly the, those, those values that we hold dear to our heart against militarism, which has not been addressed in my country. It has not been addressed here at all. And it, it was just frustrating for me. This conference was supposed to be addressing environment and development and making you know public participation uh, the primary goal so that everybody could have their voice in addressing you know the problem the, the global crisis but we see that it's been completely controlled by you know the the dominant government uh, actual do dominant government and the multinational corporation which now control the, the the economic world and so they don't want to make these changes because right now they have the power and they want to keep it and that's all you know and so uh, we see some things like uh, the, the whole um, unsaid process, the Secretariat has been paid in large part, I think it's 30% uh, of its budget has been paid by, by multinational corporations that right now have a bad record in the, on the pollution, uh, in, in terms of pollution. So it's a, it's a complete greenwash, they just pay to get their image improved. The whole trend we have seen here is the institutionalizing of the influence of the multinationals and the business community within the, UA, the United Nations system. The indigenous people, the youth and women, have been only given you know, artificial representation of what's going on. And this is a very dangerous trend that we have to recognize and we have to work against. Those governments there in Rio Centro, they are not really representative of our, of our people, especially uh, among third world countries. Our governments there are the elite for governments and they're not representative of the people. I think we have to recognize that the driving forces for any change are the people. It is not a concept, so-called sustainable development, developed in high ranks, you know, in offices by people wearing suits and ties. And it's not a concept to be developed by them and to be pushed down on the people. Those sort of concepts won't work. Any change has to be done by the people. The people are very conscious of the, about their environment. That's how they live. That's where they live. All these views that these young people here have expressed is, is a start, a new, a new way of thinking. They have respect for indigenous people and, and I see a really positive future for indigenous people in the world because they understand that indigenous people like myself and my people have been marginalized and, and it's really glad to see, I'm really glad to see this. Great power, forgive us for not loving Mother Earth, but save it for the children. Throughout the world, the consumption ethic has spread. It's not a racial thing. 
It's not just black, it's not just yellow, it's not just red, it's not just white. It's a, it's a selfish genetic thing, it's a social genetic thing. It's, it's spread amongst the people where they believe now that we as, uh, as not only as an individual but as a social group have the right to consume and we have the right to ignore how much damage we're doing to the environment. We don't have to be responsible and if we do, we'll just give you some paper money. You know, and here you can go try to do something to clear up our mess. And so this consumption ethic is a horrible thing, and it's, it's what's leading us to ecocide. Well, our lifestyles have got to change. I mean, either we're, we're for a genuinely sustainable mode of living, a style of life, or that's just a fad. It's just a cheap endorsement, you know, for the moment. Either this is something you believe, and if you really believe it, then your life has got to echo it. You know, do you drive a car? What kind of stuff do you eat? How do you insulate your house? I mean, all of, all of those very practical decisions. What, what temperature do you keep your house at? You know, all of those things. How do you build? How do you travel? What do you teach your children? How do you, how do you, how, what, what is your religion really like? The United States is determining the fate of the earth. The U.S. culture is a culture to emulate because it looks sexy, because we all emulated ourselves, and because it's transmitted around the world by the transnationals. They transcend all borders and boundaries. If the U.S. doesn't change, the Earth is doomed. Right now there's a split between North, the Northern developed countries and the Southern poor countries where the uh, dispute over the difference in economies and standards of living. We don't believe that as indigenous nations that the South can uh, uh, elevate themselves to the Northern standard of living because the Northern standard of living is a direct attack on the world. It's a form of con uh, consumption beyond belief. That uh, this notion that the human beings are at the top of the heap and the rest of the creation is here for human consumption. I mean, that's the, the great religious traditions never said that. It's a kind of weaving of uh, modern desires with texts that you, you can find almost anything in Holy Scripture to prove what you want first of all. Bishriya is so selfish. And it's only human beings who are apparently able to do that. I don't know of many other species who accumulate things around them at the expense of others. I think all living things have their rights because um, they've been here as, almost as long as we have and because they can't talk doesn't mean that they don't have their rights. I mean, we shouldn't go down and cut, we should at least save some room for them because I mean, we're taking up all these big spaces and just throwing them out of their homes. We shouldn't do that. The native religious tradition, their spiritual tradition, with respect to earth spirits, to the water, to the air, to the animals, to the insects, to the birds, I mean, all of that is a venerable tradition that mainline religious traditions have not entirely, but very substantially lost. And so one of the first critical things is an attitude of, of respect and genuine humility on the part of, so we say, Western religious leaders who have a great deal to learn. I know that in the Northwest and tribes nationwide and probably throughout the whole Western Hemisphere that we have creation myths that makes the trees, the rocks, the air, the water, the animals and everything basically elder spiritual beings that transformed into their current physical manifestations. And then we came along. 
and then we were transformed into who we are. But we're basically younger brothers and sisters of these other spiritual beings, and the great creator did this. And so we're all related. When indigenous people say my relations, they're not talking just human beings, they're talking about all of creation. We're all related. And a part of the problem is that the younger part of creation, human beings, is consuming everything and destroying the rest. We are cannibalizing our own brothers and sisters, and we're destroying what's left of them. Thank you for listening to our Soundings podcast. We hope you've enjoyed this program. To learn more about our music, guided meditations, and videos, please visit our website and blog at soundings.com. Peace through music blessings.